Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. Reasons is not able to sing with them anymore. And uh, once again, there's a singing group of grace that had an opening and they didn't ask me. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, last Sunday, if you were here, we celebrated the Lord's Supper. And I talked about the fact that we're beginning to, we are actually changing our focus. Uh, up until last Sunday, we've been celebrating 100 years at Grace Baptist Church, and it is a marvelous thing. It is a tremendous accomplishment that this church has been here on, uh, on this corner for 100 years. Over 4,100 people have been baptized at Grace Baptist Church in that time. Uh, and I hope you've noticed the logo and all the things on the pictorial history that the ladies work so hard on that's in the foyer. If you haven't seen that, you need to look at it uh, and uh, kind of follow through the history. But our focus now is moved from the past to the future. Our verses that are on the logo come from Philippians 3. And I want to begin in the 12th verse, but the 13th and the 14th are the verses that are our are, are, are theme for this year. Paul writes, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. That means, he says, I'm not perfect. That's a simple way to interpret that. He says, I'm not too perfect. Uh, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. He said, but I'm working on it. I'm moving toward being he would use the term more, more mature in the faith. Then here's the two verses I want us to catch. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend, have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Paul, in that 13th verse, makes a, cr a critical statement. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul says, my focus is not on what's in the past. My focus is on what's in the future as I move today towards that future. Uh, one thing we learn from that verse as Christians that we need to understand is that the past is past, is over. We have come through that section of our life. We have come through that span of time. We have come through that period. And it is now behind us. It is the past. And one of the things I've learned, sometimes the hard way, is you can't change what's past. We say things that are hurtful. Uh, sometimes we lose our temper and we say things that we don't mean. You can't take that back. 
it hangs out there forever and ever in the past. It is just there. Uh, we do things, and later we realize, I shouldn't have done that. But you can't change it because you have done it. Uh, and so Paul says, what I do is I don't focus on that past. I try to put it behind me, and I move on and press on to, toward what's ahead. He, first of all, he lets go of the guilt of past sin. He's able to do that because his hope is in Christ Jesus. He realizes his forgiveness is not based on him or his behavior or what he does. It is based on God's love. Sometimes we do things, and it is hard for us down the road to forgive ourselves for what we have done. And, I, and, and sometimes we don't really understand and grab hold of the fact that God has forgiven us if we've repented, and He has forgotten it. But we hang on to it, and, and, and it shapes, and it, and, and, and it clouds our vision, and it colors our life. Uh, the example of that is Stephen. You go back to the book of Acts, the seventh chapter. In the seventh chapter, Stephen was one of the first deacons ever ordained in the church. They were servant deacons. They waited on tables so that the disciples could minister to folks and preach the gospel. But they could preach, and I submit to you, Stephen and Philip. And Stephen finds himself before the Jewish council, and they are in an uprage over Jesus Christ. They are angry over all this. And Stephen stands right there, and he preaches a great sermon. He tells them the history of the Jewish people, and he brings it right down through everything in his past, through all the prophets, through Moses, and he brings it down to Jesus. And he said, Jesus was among you, the hope of glory. He was the Messiah. He was God's Son. And you rejected him, and you crucified him on a cruel cross. And they were so enraged and so angry that they grabbed him and took him outside the city and they stoned him to death. They threw rocks at him till he was dead, which was, by the way, illegal. They didn't have the ability to do that, the right to do that legally. But the scripture says when they did that, there was a young Pharisee who had been a student of Gamaliel named Saul. And the scripture says they took their garments off because they didn't want to get blood on them and they threw them at the feet of Saul. Saul became the persecutor of the church. He got letters from the council, and he would go all over the known world where there were churches started in the synagogues, and he'd arrest people, and he'd dra drag parents and boys and girls and people back to Rome, or excuse me, back to Jerusalem for trial. But then on the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to Saul. And he knocked him and blinded him by the light. And he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And he became Paul, who writes this verse. Listen, Paul, he was, he was honest about himself. In, his scripture, in the scripture, he writes and he says, look, I was the worst sinner of all of them. Worse than anybody. I persecuted the church. I had people put to death. I was a despicable, no good character. But Paul says here, I forget that in the sense I don't let that shape my attitude or who I am. I have moved beyond that sin. God has forgiven me. I still recognize it. I still repent of it. But I am not commanded or driven by it because I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not Saul anymore. I'm Paul. I've done bad things in the past, 
but I'm not going to dwell on the bad things in the past. I'm going to dwell on the glory that God through Jesus Christ forgave me of all those things I did in the past. And if He's forgiven them and forgotten them, I can't live with them as my foundation. I need to live on the foundation of the grace that has forgiven me of that and move forward. You see, we, if we, we live in, a, in the tension between what we were and who we are. We were all lost, but we became new creations in Christ Jesus, and we stand in His righteousness. We still sin, but we have an advocate with God the Father, and we have the indwelling of the Spirit to help us and shape us. I had a fellow, I've told this before, he's no longer with us, he's moved another community, but came forward one Sunday morning, and he told me, he said, I, I need forgiven, but I don't think God can forgive what I've done. And I, <laughs> said, I, I said, well, what have you done? And he told me, and I, for a moment, I was taken back because it's the worst thing that's ever been confessed to me. But I told him with assurance, if you repent of it, God forgives you, and he accepts you. He let go of past, not only his past sin, but he let go of past wrongs of folks who had committed sins against him. He was in Jerusalem, and he met Barnabas there. They were talking. They decided they would return to Antioch. And Barnabas says, hey, I've got a young cousin who's a new believer in Christ Jesus. Let's take him with us, and we'll teach him about Christ. So they took John Mark. And they went first to Antioch, and in Antioch they felt, felt called to go on a mission trip. And so Barnabas says, let's take John Mark. Paul says, all right. And so they began the first of Paul's missionary journeys, the book of Acts. And young John Mark goes with them, and in the beginning everything goes smooth. But somewhere along the line, and we don't know what happened, John Mark, at, when they came to Pergamum, left them and returned to Antioch. Years later, Paul and Barnabas are starting to get ready to do their second missionary journey. And Barnabas says, let's take Mark. And Paul said, absolutely, positively not. He's not going with us. Barnabas says, but he, he, he loves Jesus and he wants to go on a trip. Paul says, hey, do me once, shame on me. Do me twice, shame on me. I'm not taking that guy. And it became such a difficulty that it led to, they must have been Baptists because it was the first split. Barnabas took Mark and went on one, way, one direction, and Paul took Silas and went in another. But that was not the end of it. Over the next 10 years, Paul's attitude toward Mark was softened by the love of God. So much so that he writes to the church at Colossea and he tells them, Mark is there and Mark is, he is a co-worker in the vineyard of the Lord. So much so that later Paul is in Rome in prison and he writes to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy uh, 4.11 he says, come, I need you to come. And by the way, when you come, you bring John Mark because he is profitable to me for ministry. Do you see what happened here? He put aside what had happened in the past 
And he forgave Mark. And he accepted him. Part of what Paul talks about forgetting the past is there's some things we just need to let go and let God. Turn them over to God. Say, I have forgiven you for that. We have a tendency to want to get even, to hang on. But the best thing to do is just let go. It's not easy. It's hard. And in fact, the only way we can forgive is because we are forgiven is through Christ Jesus. Let your love be in me that I might forgive others. Does that mean they have repented? No. Does that mean they deserve the forgiveness? Not, not, not usually. Paul had, had, had forgiven Mark, but Mark deserved it. But Christ forgave us and we in no way deserved it. You see, the past is past. And we can't dwell on our past sins. And we cannot dwell on past wrongs and sins against us. Thirdly, we can't rest. Paul says, I'm not resting on what I achieved in the past. Troy and I used to be partners in a business. We had another couple. <clears throat> and uh, we would go to the show at Chicago four times a year and uh, buy merchandise. Um, and we were there one year, and my partner, Tom, said, I'm in the mood for Italian rest, uh, food. Uh, um, you suppose there's an Italian restaurant close? I said, I got this. And man, I got, I researched and, and I found an Italian restaurant that was within walking distance of our hotel. So I told him, I said, now look, I found this place and it's within walking distance of the hotel. It's Italian and it is a five-star restaurant. You can't get a higher restaurant rating than five-star. It is a five-star restaurant. So you need to understand it's going to be expensive and it's going to be kind of fancy. We might not feel like we fit in. He said, I don't care if you got that green card. That was the American Express card. I said, yeah, I got the green card. He says, well, let's, let's go. So we went. We went in. And then we'll forget, the waitress come over. She handed us our menus. She took our drink orders. And then she went over here and sat down at the table and started talking to some other people. And I kind of looked at her, and she looked at me, and she said, I'm on my break. <laughs> there we sit. Finally, she got off her break, and she came over, and we ordered. And I, I, I love linguine and clams when it's made right. They brought my linguine and clams, and it, I, I swear it tasted like there was sand in it. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. Gritty. How can you make it? You know, it was bad. So we're done. We go up, we're charging a five-star price. And the fella said, well, how was everything? Well, I'm from out of town. I'm never going to see him again. I don't care. It's too late for him to spit in my food. I've already ate it. I said, well, here's the deal. I said, your ad says this is a five-star restaurant, but it, we did not have five-star service. And I tipped accordingly. And your, rest, your ad says it is a five-star Italian cuisine. And my, my meal was terrible. I'd have rather ate at McDonald's than ate what I had here. Now, he didn't offer to compass. He didn't offer to take something off. 
He simply said, there's our award right there on the wall. So I walked over and looked on the wall, and here's a review by the Chicago Herald Times of this restaurant as a five-star restaurant, dated 1963. We're there in 1993, 30 years later. They've probably had five owners since then, but they were trying to live on their past glory. You see, we have to understand that we can't live on the achievements of the past. It is a wonderful history of this church. Since I've been here, we've had years where we baptized 45, 50 people in the top 10 in the state in baptisms. But I would submit to you that we've baptized 18 18 this year, and I am totally delighted in the situation with the pandemic and everything that's been going on that we can say we had 18 people who got into the pool and were baptized because of their faith in Christ Jesus. You see, you can't rest on what you've done in the past. You have to be active in the future. And to be active in the future, you have to be faithful in the present. Paul's adjusting his sights as he writes to this to them. He's getting ready. He wants to go to Spain. Now, at the time Paul was alive, Spain was the farthest known part of the Roman Empire, and only beyond it was England and the islands. That was all they knew. So he wanted to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. His focus was on continued service. He had planted churches. He'd been on missionary journeys. People had come to faith in Christ. Young men had entered the ministry. Uh, Faithful women had been faithful in the church. Uh, But he's not resting on that. His focus is looking ahead and saying, what can I do today for Jesus Christ so that tomorrow I can do something for Jesus Christ so that the day after that I can be faithful in all that? And, And what he understood was that Our faithfulness today brings God's blessing tomorrow. I want you to understand that. We are not where we were 50 years ago. Will we ever be where we were 50 years ago? I sincerely doubt that. The world is a lot different than it was 50 years ago. We do things differently than we did 50 years ago. But our message and our purpose are still the same. We are to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. We have new goals of how we might want to accomplish that, but we have the same purpose. Paul says, I forget what's behind, but I press on to the call of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be faithful in what he has given me to do. And it is great that we've celebrated the past. I am spiritually proud of the past of Grace Baptist Church. Somebody the other day said, you realize you've been here 17% of the time? I don't know what that means, but that's 17 years out of 100, that's not very many. Uh, But our focus is that we'll be here 100 years from now if Jesus doesn't come. And we'll be faithful to do what he has called us to do. Proclaim the gospel to a lost and dying world that people might come to know Jesus Christ. Eternity is a stake. And our part is to proclaim 
there is a Savior. Paul's motivation was Christ Jesus. Look at the 14th verse. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul had an uncompromising dedication to a divine purpose. He was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles in particular. And once he got up, blinded by the light on the Damascus Road, and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he never lost sight of what his purpose was, of what his call was. He had a lot of difficulties. If you go to the book, of, uh, you, you can read that long list. He was beaten. Uh, he received several stripes. He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. He was chained to a Roman servant. A lot of bad stuff happened to Paul. But he did not waver in the midst of it all in his commitment to the purpose that actually was what had brought all the disfavor and distress upon him. And, and, and he's saying, Paul loves to use the example of running a race. Uh, uh, he, it, it's just a, a natural thing to him. And basically what he's saying here is he, sa he says to them, uh, get out of the grandstand and get involved. And, and to put that in the vernacular of today, get out of the pew and do something. Get out of the pew and get involved in the work of the kingdom of God. Uh, God called you to this church for a purpose. And you need to find what that purpose is and then fulfill that purpose. Whether it's singing in the choir, working in the food pantry, doing visitation, whatever it is. Being an encourager. Paul says, I press toward the goal for the prize. That's a running term. And he said, my call is upward. I'm not moving on a plane like this. I'm moving toward glory. I'm becoming more and more each day like Jesus Christ. How do you do that? You spend time with him. You, you, you read his word, you pray, you worship with God's people. Uh, my mom and dad were married for 63 years. And they were a member of the German club in Terre Haute, and they took, after they retired, they took a cruise every year. Uh, my dad says, don't expect to inherit anything. I'm giving it all to the boat company. <laughs> and on those cruises, they would often have an event where they would play uh, the, the, the newlywed game. And my mom and dad played that, and I talked to a lady that knew them well, that coordinated cruises. She said, you know, we've been on 23 cruises. 11 times, at least, your mom and dad have been picked to play in the newlywed game. And every time they have played, they won. She said, I thought, now this is going to get a little crude, but you got to know my dad. She said, I thought they were beat once because the question to your mother was, if he was on a desert island, would he rather be stranded with a nun or a hooker? My mom said he will say a nun in the daytime and a hooker at night. <laughs> and when they asked my dad, he said, well, I'll take a nun in the daytime and a hooker at night. Now, here's my point. They'd been married 63 years. They could finish each other's sentences. Okay? They... they 
They knew each other so in and out, and they were so intimately involved in their lives with each other that they knew what the other would say and think. Paul says, that's the way I want to be with Jesus. I want to be so close to Him that I think like He thinks. In Philippians 2, he gave that advice to the church. He said, here's how you become mature. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. He said, learn to think like Jesus, who being in shape of a man, counted equality not a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and became obedient even under the death of the cross. And Paul, as he's focused on that upward focus, he said, my goal is to be like Jesus and think like Jesus. Faithfulness in the present guarantees God's blessing in the future because He's a God who is faithful and He honors faithfulness. And I am confident If Grace Baptist Church is faithful to its function and its purpose, winning others to Jesus Christ, helping people mature in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it'll be here till Jesus comes. But if we get involved in extraneous things that do not build the kingdom of God, God will not bless. But if we are faithful, He continues to bless. And our focus is on the present, that we might have a future in Him. Paul concludes this as he talks about today shaping tomorrow, and he calls them to be united. He says, therefore, as many as are mature have this mind, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that you have already attained, He said, right where you are, you may not be completely mature, but right where you are as a body of Christ, here's what you should do. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. United purpose, united faith, united trust. We believe that this is the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. We believe that it speaks to every situation in life. And we build what we do on the foundation of this Word and the commands that God has given. And so we are united in purpose because Jesus said, go ye into all the world proclaiming the gospel and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's pretty clear what our purpose is. Now, sometimes we get a little confused about how we handle that purpose because there's a lot of ways to do it. But the important thing is not how we do it, but that we do it, okay? Uh, And united in commitment and dedication, let us be of the same mind and the same rule. Where churches get in trouble is when they forget that. And they get all tied up in extraneous things 
what color are we going to make the carpet? Uh, Dr. Charles Sullivan tells one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. Uh, he's going to be with the Lord now, but he told about a little church in Tennessee that was remodeling, and they were going to hang pegs out in the hallway for farmers to hang their hats on when it came to church. And the church got in an argument whether the pegs should be round or square. And the church split over round or square pegs. Now that is absolute lunacy. It's crazy. And one of the things we need to do is focus on our task and focus in the unity together and the commitment to that task and not get distracted by those little things that really don't matter in the kingdom of God. And as long as we do that, God will bless. Will we ever have 600 again? I don't know. But here's what I learned very early. You preach to the ones that are here. Now that's a little different now because they can watch at home on the internet. But we are what we are. But we can become more and more as we mature in our faith and as we walk in that commitment. If every person in this room would lead just one person to Jesus Christ and get them to come to Grace Baptist Church in the next three years, we'd double in size. When we ha were at Faith Southern, we had a group of little ladies that were prayer warriors, and the six of them began to pray that God would send new couples to our church. And the first 18 months, nothing happened. And then within an 18-month period, about 12 new families joined our church. When I was where chapel in Ohio, they wanted to go. They had always had a student minister, 100-year-old church. They'd never had a full-time pastor. They decided they wanted to go full-time, but they didn't have the finances. And Heber Galk, and Don Weger began to pray that God would do something. Ray Parks owned a mile out to the state road and a mile down the state road. And he sold all that frontage and they built new houses and new people moved in. And when they moved in, Don and Heber were there with a gift basket and told them the story of Ware's Chapel. And in eight months, that church went from 70 to 170 because 90% of the people that moved in knew wound up in that church. Listen, God could do anything. What He wants for, is for us to be faithful in the purpose. And when he's, we're faithful in the purpose, He blesses. And then we need to recognize that the blessing comes from Him. I'm praising Him for the number of folks uh, we've had baptized in this year. It, it's not 45 or 50, but in the current situation, it is marvelous. I'm, I'm glorying in God's blessing upon us in the capital campaign. Is our regular giving down? Yes. But some of that's to be expected because we raised $200,000 in a year for the facility. God is still 
blessing us. The choir's getting bigger. I'd like to say the preacher's getting better, but it's not. It's just the same. But you're doing a better job of listening. How's that? Here's the thing. If we are faithful in the past, in the year 21, 22, if the Lord doesn't come, some preacher's going to stand up here and say, well, we've made it to 200 because we've been faithful. And God is blessed because He is faithful. Our Heavenly Father, we pray we would forget those things that are behind, that we will not be burdened down by sin that has already been forgiven, that we will not allow the devil to throw that in our face and discredit us and tell us we're no good when Christ said we were precious enough to die for. We pray that we Thanks will put- again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.